You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. We've really been on this journey about what is worship and what is worship becoming in the church. And when we look at the Bible in Matthew, a parable is told of a farmer that has got the best seed. And he goes about and he sows the seed and the harvest is busy coming up. And while the harvest is growing, suddenly there's weeds that appear in between all the harvest. And the workers say, should we remove it? And he says, no, leave it. Let it grow to maturity and then we can harvest it. And you know the story that the weeds and the good seed and the bad seed are separated. Bad seed gets burnt and the good seed gets placed in the barn. We, we see the same with the ten virgins. Ten that represent the church, worshippers. Five are foolish and the Bible says five are wise. And when you look at these five, all of them had lamps. All of them saw Jesus, saw the, the groom. All of them fell asleep. All of them had to be woken up. But only half of them met the requirements according to the word of God. All ten confessed that they knew Jesus. But five of them, Jesus said, I don't know you. And when you look at this, there's something in it that's, that's very serious about when it comes to worshiping God. There, there are many worshipers, many people singing songs, but are we meeting the requirements of the Word of God to be called true worshipers? When we, when we look at the book, John chapter 4, we can see what the Father is seeking. You know, it's always wonderful when we come and, and we want to tell God what we require of Him. Am I talking to the right people here? It's, it's nice to tell God, I require this of you. God, I want you to do this. But what is it that God requires of us? When it comes to worship, we've got a worship evening here tonight. And many worship meetings these days is more about people than a person, Jesus Christ. And we've been having this conversation, and when you look at John chapter 4, the Bible says that when Jesus returns, He's not coming to see who's a member of household of Christ. He's not coming to see if you in the Baptist church or whatever, Dutch Reformed church, Methodist church. Now many, he's not coming to see what church you're in. He's not even coming to see if you're a pastor or a bishop or an usher or helping in the children's church. He's not coming to see where you worship. Are you in Jerusalem? Are you in Pretoria? Are you in Cape Town? Are you? He's not coming to look at any of those things. But he's coming to see who's worshiping him in spirit and in truth. And if we're not worshiping him in spirit and in truth, it says it's nothing. 
Because we have to worship God in spirit and truth. God is spirit, therefore we must worship Him in spirit and in truth. John 4, verse 23 to 24. God is spirit and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. It's one thing to sing songs. It's one thing to sing songs and even have goosebumps. I mean, you can sing songs and have liver shivers. I mean, from the inside, you know, you know it's just amazing. <laughs> and it can still not be pleasing to God. When God's presence, and I mean, we all experience God's presence. When we see David, when he was anointed king, the oil representing the outward side. The Bible says, after he was anointed, the Holy Spirit remained with him, abided with him. So God is not just looking for a resting place, a place to, to come in and go. But he's looking for a place where he can abide. And we've started this worship evening with this question, what is acceptable worship to God? It's one thing to be Accommodating to people. But how welcome does the Holy Spirit feel here tonight? How welcome does the Holy Spirit feel in your own life? Maybe we should ask the question, when you come to church, what is the thing that you desire? What is it that you want? Because as the time draws closer and nearer for Christ to come, we have to ask these kind of questions. Is what we are busy with, is it pleasing to God? You know, one of the scariest things that God ever told me, the church was three weeks old, praying five o'clock in the morning before the service started, praying, and God said to me, you as a pastor can take a whole church to hell through what you preach and teach, or you can point them in the direction of heaven. Turn to the person next to you say, that's serious stuff. So if you're sitting where you've been taught the wrong things, it can cost you your salvation. If we're not worshiping God in the right way, in other words, if my lamp, I can be clothed in the right clothes, the ten virgins, I can be clothed in the right clothes, I can have a lamp, I can be expecting Jesus, I can see Jesus, I can say I know Jesus. But is what I'm busy with acceptable to him? Because the only way that we can please God is through faith. That means we have to be born again. The worship that we render to God must come from our heart, must come from our spirit. That part, 1 Corinthians 6, 17, that is joined to God. David said in Psalm 27, verse 4, One thing that I've desired of the Lord, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. The psalmist says we worship the Lord in the beauty of His holiness. When you come to church, is that what you desire? Or are you checking out the cappuccinos? I wonder if they've got good cappuccinos. I wonder if the aircon's working. I wonder who's going to be there. And these are things that we cannot see with our natural eyes. But God looks right into our heart. Let me tell you something, why this is so important. People think if we want more people to come to church, if we want the unsaved to come to church, 
We have to shorten our worship. We have to shorten our services, otherwise they won't stay. Let me tell you something. When somebody has an experience in the spirit and it's real, I mean they encountered Jesus, the one who died for them. It might be strange to them the method, but if the worship of that congregation is in spirit and in truth, in humility and sincerity of heart, saying one thing we've come to desire is God's presence. When God's presence comes, it will touch that person and minister to that person. Because you might look at that person and they come in with a smile looking happy, but in their hearts they are battling with depression. But the Holy Spirit knows that and he's a helper and when it's real and sincere it will affect that person's heart and they will sit and say i'll come back there are many people that have come back to church the first time it's drums or whatever what's loud it can be loud it can be different than what you are used to but if it's real it will touch that person's heart. And when something is real, when people are really connecting with Jesus in spirit and in truth, it will not just change your own life. It will affect people around you's lives as well. We need a church full of the Holy Ghost. We need a church where the Holy Ghost is welcome. We can have plans and programs and Jesus will pitch up because that's just who he is not even part of my notes. I'm just thinking Simon invited Jesus. Simon invited Jesus to his house and said, Jesus is coming to my house tonight. And he invited some of his friends, got some catering, and he said, all of you be there with your questions. And Jesus said, you know what, I'm going to come. And that's what he does with many churches. We have programs and things to say, Come. But you know what happens the next minute? A woman walks in with an alabaster jar full of perfume. She didn't say a word. But when she walked in, she got the attention of the whole room without saying one word. When she came in, she fell at Jesus' feet. Nothing part of the program Everybody was sitting prim and proper. We're here to ask Jesus questions tonight. Can we start with this? Started weeping that her tears was on his feet. That she had to use her hair to wipe it dry. I mean, Simon said, mm, if Jesus is really a prophet... Really a man of God, he would know who's touching him right now. Am I talking to the right people here today? Jesus didn't say one word. Observed everything. Then he addressed Simon. He said, Simon, let me just talk to you. I've pitched up today because you had a program. But I wanted to do actually so much more. I wanted to minister to every person's needs but you were not ready to open up. But this woman came broken, fell down at my feet crying. He said, she came in, washed my feet with her tears. You, when I came in, didn't even wash my feet. 
Sometimes we've got so much of a program that we don't allow the Holy Spirit to do what he wants to do. We don't allow Jesus to minister to the hurting. Am I talking to the right people here? Sometimes our program is so rigid that when God wants to move and do something, we say, sorry, Jesus, if you knew who this woman, why is she touching your feet? And Jesus wants to meet those hurts and those needs. He said, you didn't greet me with a kiss, but she greeted me with a kiss. And I mean, we read about her still today. Can I just say, it's not just seeking his works, but it's about learning his ways. Not just seeking his works, but learning his ways. I've seen one thing, 20 years in ministry, God is not looking for gifted leaders, He's looking for humble leaders, looking for humble leaders that will say, I'm ready to serve, I'm ready to lay down my life. When the brokenhearted comes close to us, I'm ready there to help her. And He said, your sins are forgiven. He met all her needs, but Simon's life was not changed. I think when we worship God in spirit and in truth, there's a need for a reformation of heart. The Bible says when we receive the word of God with meekness into our hearts, in the book of James, it's able to save our souls. Not talking to unbelievers, not talking to, the, talking to Christians. So, I think when it comes to worship, the thing that is required according to the Word of God is purity of heart, a clean heart. Matthew 5 verse 8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. We need our hearts to be sanctified. Are you still offended with people that you should have forgiven last year already? Hurts that you should have let go of last year already. But we want to worship God. I remember I was a young pastor, and one of the pastors that worked with me offended me. You know that happens? Pastor offends a pastor. So this guy, every time I want to worship God, close my eyes, I see his face here in front of my face. I say, rebuke you devil, let him go. Have you had moments like that? I want to worship beautiful Jesus and hear this guy's faces. Until I forgave him and I let it go, then I could see my Jesus again. Amen. Yes, give the Lord a hand. Some of you have choirs here in front of you, hey? <laughs> you feel like you're surrounded. <laughs> I don't want to talk about this, but there's a difference between a clean heart and a pure heart. But what God requires of us is a pure heart. When we accept Christ, He cleans our heart. But Psalm 51, it says, Create in me a pure heart, God. Create in me a pure heart. Purity of heart is something that God gives us. When you have a pure heart, you can be focused. You can be focused. And not let so many things distract you. So our worship must be pure. 
pure worship, purity of heart. Amen? Cannot worship God in the right way if you're offended. If that face is here in front of you the whole time, lay down that gift and just go and say, forgive me. Amen? I had to go to him and say, forgive me. Can I have one amen? amen. You know how to forgive. You know, when, when you are angry with somebody or offended with somebody, you know, you don't go to them and say, I forgive you. You know you're going to make the situation worse. Family? <laughs> oh, my word. <laughs> Let me just... <laughs> Jaden, just come here quickly, please. Mm, come here. Let me just explain something quickly. Say I'm offended with Jaden. I'm offended with Jaden. Who's offended? I'm offended. Jaden doesn't even know that I'm offended with him. Okay? So I don't now walk up to him and say, um, sorry, I just want to tell you, you didn't greet me nicely yesterday morning, and it really hurt me that you rejected me in that way, but I just want to forgive you because you're not a good greeter. <laughs> you are forgiven, my brother. You are released. Be blessed. That's not the way that you do it, family. If you are the one who's offended, if you're the one who's offended, who have you sinned against? David said, Lord, I've sinned against you and you alone. If you're offended, let me just help you. The first thing you do, you go to God and you say, God, forgive me for taking offense so quickly. Create in me a pure heart and a contrite spirit. Father, I forgive Jaden and forgive me. Not in his face, on my own. I'm busy talking to God. Amen. Now my heart has been made clean. Amen. Now I can go to Jaden. Say there was an, I say, Jay, please forgive me. That's it. Please, I'm forgiven. I'm just going and say, please forgive me. It's his own decision how he wants to respond. You're forgiven, it's fine. I'm not keeping it against you. He can then say, oh yes, I remember what happened there. Please forgive me as well. But if he doesn't say it, it's fine. Am I helping some of you? Some of you have gone to people that don't even know that you've hurt and offended them and wronged them, and you've made the situation worse by going there and saying, I, I just want to do the Christian thing. <clears throat> Be, I'm just obedient to God's word. I just want to tell you, I forgive you for never greeting me. You're making the matter worse. You are offending this person now. Am I helping some of you here? So some of you that need to go to people to go make right, first make right with God and get the peace of God in your heart. Then you can go with the peace of God in your heart and say, please forgive me. Can I have one amen? amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand. Thank you, Jay. Can I just say, when you as a dad mess up in front of your children, go to them and say sorry. You have to be able to go to your Children and say sorry. Sometimes when you've messed up with your wife in front of your kids, go say sorry. What happened, mom and me, what happened here is not right. Please forgive us. 
Can I have one amen? Oh, brothers, men, we as the head of the homes, we should model that, amen, and teach them that. So, okay, I'm off track here. You cannot worship God if your heart is not pure, and purity must be kept. It's all about the heart, amen? Go to Genesis 22 quickly. Let me just show you this. I'm going to close with this. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Turn to the person next to you say, God will test you in your worship. Why will God test you in your worship? Because the thing that you worship, you will become like it. The thing that you show the most worth to, you become like it. So if you worship money, you'll become like money. The thing that you love the most, you'll become like it. That's why Israel, when they worshipped idols, they became like the idols. Idols cannot see, idols cannot hear. That's why God said, you have eyes and you cannot see, you have ears and you cannot hear. Because of the idols. Many times, many times people have got idols in their hearts. Christians have got idols in their hearts. And they cannot hear God anymore, and they cannot see God anymore. Now they're running after men of God for words to hear what God is saying. Instead of just getting rid of the idol in your heart, and you'll hear God's voice again. Amen. Amen. We want you to finish strong. want you to finish strong. Look here, verse 2. What does it say? Then he said, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham arose early. Faith acts now. Faith believes now. Faith receives now. So what was God doing here? God is saying to him, Abraham, Your son, your only son whom you love, sacrifice it. What is he doing here? He wants to see who does Abraham love more? The gift that God has given him or the giver of the gift? That's the test. God wants to see do you love the gift more or do you love the giver of the gift more? And he said, let's go. And you know the story. His son says, what are we going to sacrifice? He says, just relax. We're on our way. Abraham takes his son and he says, now we're going to go. Remember, what did God ask of him? God asked of him to sacrifice Isaac. He knew that Isaac came from God. He knew that Isaac came from God. God gave Isaac to him. So when he left the servants, what did he say? He says, me and the lad, we are going yonder to worship. So what servants would view as a sacrifice, he saw it as part of his worship. Saw it as part of his worship. So when you know God has given you something, oh my God. When it comes to worship, we can only give to God what God has given us. That's the only offering that's acceptable. That's the only sac- the sacrifice of praise. We can say we love you because he poured out his love in our hearts. 
We can lift up holy hands and say, you are holy, 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 because he's made us holy. If God has given you a strength, an ability, and you know that God has given it to you, what are we really giving back to God? Nothing. We are the ones saying, thank you, Jesus, when we're in a position to bless people. When you have strength to be here early in the morning to pack out the chairs or get the chairs straight, it's God who gives you that time. It's God who gives you that strength. Can you see why it's so important that what we give to God is in humility and sincerity of heart? But when you think it's my strength, then it becomes a sacrifice. My time becomes a sacrifice. My money that I must give to God. For what? Hmm? Who blessed you to have that job? Who gave you the intelligence to get that qualification? So God says to him, sacrifice it. And when he saw his willingness, his obedience. And I mean, you think, how can he do that? But when he met with Melchizedek, he took out bread and wine. And he explained the gospel to him that a person, Jesus Christ's body would be broken and his blood would be shed. And Jesus would die and he would be made alive. So Abraham believed that when something is dead, it can be raised from the dead. That's why he was prepared to kill his son. Because he knew even if I kill him, he is faithful and just to raise him from the dead. Because I know my wife's body was dead, my body was dead, and God brought life in it. And we had this child. So this comes from God. This is why I can give it to God. In humility, and God says, don't kill the boy. Let me show you the beautiful thing here. Go to verse 12. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son your only son from me. What did verse 2 say? Sacrifice your son, your only son, whom you love. Now the whom you love is not there anymore. Why? Because God knew that Abraham loved him more than the gift. And he became the father of faith. Amen? And he said, that which God asked me to, to sacrifice is not a sacrifice, it's worship. When you know what God has given you as of God, you know what will follow. Even if God asks you to make a sacrifice, when you think about this, God asked him, his whole reputation, his whole legacy, his whole lineage, his everything was on the line. And he said, it's not a sacrifice. It's worship because it's about him and not what the people will say, not what people will think. And I'm telling you now, the worship that needs to return back in the church is to welcome a person, Jesus, more than all the people. This is what it's all about. We want to accommodate people. Jesus said to Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? When we love God first, that love starts to overflow to others. Our first ministry is to God. Our first ministry is to give worth to Him, to exalt Him. If you're going to worship Him, make sure that you worship Him in spirit and in truth. Make sure that the lamp that you have is getting filled with oil. 
You cannot fill your lamp in a five-minute worship session. Let me just tell you that. I sometimes think when people want to make services shorter and shorter and shorter, I think, what are the people going to do in heaven? Huh? Thinking, you and I, we should be, you know, when you exercising for, for a competition or a marathon, when you training for the 100 meters or the 4,000 4, meter race, the closer you get to the race, you don't go shorter and shorter distances. No, no, no. I'm busy training for 4,000 meter marathon, uh, but I'm only doing 200 meters this coming week. Huh? You're doing 4,000, but worship, you're going to worship for eternity in heaven, but we're making the worship sessions shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter. I think Paul said, I have a good conscience towards God and man. Let us, with the generation that's coming in, when they walk in, let them see a generation connecting with God. That when they look at us, they say, I want that. When they come into a place, they experience the Holy Spirit. Let Him minister to them. Let He touch the hurts, the offenses. And let Him minister to them and change their hearts. I'm telling you, when it's real, authentic, oh my God. The Bible says, the Holy Spirit changes us. Changes you from the inside out. So I want to encourage you. We, this is our first worship session. Serious dad talk. Amen. That from the next one and from the following Sunday, when we worship, we worship in spirit and in truth. We make sure that our worship that we offer to God is in humility and sincerity of heart. We keep the purity of heart. We don't just come on a Sunday to worship God and exalt Him. Worship becomes a lifestyle. And we give worth to God in everything that we do every single day. See you Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website www.hoc.org.za Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.